six, five, four, three, two, one. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Fantasy Football 101. I'm your host, Jake Rip, and you are listening to the 101 of Fantasy Football Podcasts. And now, please welcome the Timex wearing, spirit flying, Toyota riding, Woo! fantasy football ranking. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm having a hard time keeping these alligators on the ground. D Hall. Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm having such a hard time keeping these alligators on the ground. We're going through this for round two because you know how I do. Sometimes I forget to hit the record button and we, we go through twice and uh, we have to shake off the rust the first time. But D Hall, you get another shot at the woo. How you doing, brother? Now I'm glad we had a second shot at the woo. I feel a lot better with that one. And uh, I'm ready to roll now. You know, I got the I got the nervousness of the week one jitters out, and we're ready to Let's rock for this show. Let's do it. Let's do it. I want to address a couple things right off the bat. Uh, we're no longer going to release shows on Sunday. We're no longer going to release one-hour shows on Sunday. The plan is going to be to release two 30-minute shows per week. Uh, one on Monday that's going to address the previous week and also looking forward to next week's waiver priority. So a little bit of waiver advice there. And then an episode later in the week that will focus on next week's starts and sits. For this week's episode, we're going to start by talking a little bit of Thursday night football. It finally happened. We waited all offseason to see this kickoff. And it was the Houston Texans at the Kansas City Chiefs. Donnie. Rip the Band-Aid off and tell me what you thought of this game. Clyde Edwards. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> Clyde Edwards. Hell yes. Uh, 25 attempts, 138 yards, and a touchdown. But to everyone's surprise, only two targets, zero receptions. Does that concern you at all with Clyde edwards Alaire moving forward? I mean, listen. I know it's going to be a little bit of a biased take because you've been on the CEH bandwagon all offseason, and rightfully so. And he saw the workload that you wanted to see. 25 attempts, 138 yards, a touchdown. It's beautiful. But for a guy who came into the league who was highly touted as being the best receiving back in the draft class and seeing zero receptions, you're not worried at all? Not at all, Jake. Not at all. To me, this was the best-case scenario. The Chiefs know that they have his receiving game in the back pocket. Right, what he's did, what he did on Thursday night, just toted the rock and de- absolutely shredded that defense. Looked so explosive, had a lot of power for a little dude. Way surprising. Yeah, people are talking about zero for six on the goal line, but I rewatched the tape. He got blew up on every single play. The offensive line completely failed him. JJ Watt blew up three of those six plays. I, it's definitely bias take over here. Ceh is my man for this year. I'm, I'm all in on him. Own him everywhere. I don't think you can be any more happy than what you saw at Clyde Edwards Hellier on uh, on Thursday night. It's hard to overlook that 0 for 6 stat line on the goal line. Like again, he scored a touchdown and he put up everything you could ask for for a rookie in his first game, but 0 for 6 is rough. But 
on the opposite side, it's really nice to see Andy Reid giving him those attempts, even though he misses one time, two times, three times, four times, and they keep giving him the rock. That's yeah. what you want to see out of him. Uh, and uh, you know, and they're on such a good offense. I just think that they'll find more creative ways to get him the ball. Yeah, if they're going to use him as their hammer. They're going to be a lot of positive game scripts. Is there a world though where they go into the running back room, or the uh, or the coaches talk to the team this week, and they decide we're going to move forward with Daryl Williams inside the ten yard line? Is that possible? Sure, there's a world there. Sure, it caps the upside a little bit if that were to happen. But zero for six. And he's st- or let's say over four, he was still giving him the rock two more times at the end of the game. You have to like that confidence. Andy Reid has always been a one running back guy. When he likes someone, he goes all in on him. That's what I've been preaching all offseason. But uh, as we transition into the other players, Jake, so we don't talk about CH because you know I could talk about him for an hour. <laughs> now, the, the one I want to kind of talk about uh, that's interesting, uh, two guys. I think David Johnson looked really good. He looked great on that touchdown run. And especially in a negative game script, I thought he got a lot of work. And I was kind of surprised to see what Sammy Watkins did. Yes, he's a week one wonder, uh, always is. It's something that I think we need to keep our eye on. What do you think? Right. It's, it's really hard. I'm not saying need to buy all in, but I think we need to, you know, you know, when you have the waiver wires and someone's going to pick him up. He's on my he radar. Pick- he's on my radar. I'll give you that much. Right. That's what I'm, that's all I'm asking. Is I think he's someone that needs to be on our radar. One more question regarding CEH before we move on. And before I ask you this question, I want to just temper the CEH expectations a little. Because okay. right now, people are through the roof about this guy. You know, they're, I'm seeing on Twitter that people are offering, you know, uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey plus for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, you know? No. I mean, th- listen, the hype train has left the station. It's gone. A few facts about this game. A few stats about this game. 100 of his 135 yards on Thursday night happened against a light front. So he saw six or fewer defenders in the box. So very yeah, few... but that's something that's going to happen all season with Mahomes at quarterback. You're 100% correct. That was going to be the point I was going to get to. Nonetheless, he was facing light fronts the whole game, and he yeah. capitalized on it. But again, that's going to be that's going to be regular in Kansas City. Yep. Um, in 2019, the Houston Texans allowed the six most rushing yards in the NFL. They're not a good rush defense. And over the next seven games, Kansas City is set to face five of last season's top 10 rushing defenses. So, as a CEH owner, I'm curious what it would take for you to move him. Let me let me be. make this easy for you. Someone offers you Dalvin Cook for CEH. Dalvin Cook. Alvin Kamara for CEH. CEH. Ooh, so that's the breaking point right there. Yes. Okay, okay, fair enough. Uh, and you know, I've been a Dalvin Cook guy in the past, uh, Jake, so I still have a little bit of a soft spot for Dalvin Cook. Kamara uh, is really good. I think he's right behind CEH, but I just love the explosiveness. I'm all in on CEH. That's pretty much where I'm at. All right. We'll move on from CEH. He's certainly a locked in at least top seven running back. Probably For sure. probably For top sure. five. And uh, if you got him in the first round, looks like you nailed it. Uh, they're not shy about giving him carries, and I expect that to be much of the same through the rest of the season. Absolutely. Let's move on to our next segment. This is going to be a fun one. We're going to call this one, You Blew It! Hopefully... You have had none of these three players on your roster for week one. Unfortunately, Donnie, I think you had two. I did. I did, Jake. Let's two get... on my main roster. I had uh, Odell Beckham, which, you know what? Uh, Odell did uh, kind of shit the bed this week, but I was slightly encouraged with the target share that he got. He got a ton of targets, um, but I am super concerned. Baker Mayfield looked horrible. 
horrible. Very, Absolutely. very bad. And, and the, the Cleveland, I mean, Baltimore wiped the floor with Cleveland. Yes. I thought this was actually going to be sort of a close game and Cleveland would kind of be able to keep pace. There was none of that in this game. Uh, Cleveland couldn't find their bearings at all. And like you said, Odell Beckham, nine targets in that game, but two receptions for 21 yeah. yards. This is a guy that a lot of teams are going to count on as their wide receiver one. A lot of times as their wide receiver two. But I mean, you look at a guy that's getting paid $20 million right now a year. I mean, he's one of the best receiver talents in the league. I don't think that's up for debate. It's just Yeah, for sure, it, Jake. It, and it's just they, they keep they – keep, I don't know. The the Browns are the Browns, man. They shoot themselves in the foot. Is They're it Baker? Very, I think it is. Honestly, it might. We've been given Baker excuse after excuse, but at some point you have to look and say, it might be the guy throwing the football. And maybe it's a little bit harsh to throw these accusations around when their Week One matchup was against right. Baltimore. Absolutely, one of the best, uh, one of the best defenses in the league at home. But to look at that stat line, I mean, that just kills you inside. Baker with just 190 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Cleveland plays Cincinnati next week. I'm curious how nervous you are about starting Odell Beckham. I feel like it's too early and the draft capital is too high to sit him. So I'm I, I'm okay playing him as a fine wide receiver too next week. I think it's a good bounce back game. And uh, I think it'll be interesting, man. I think I was pretty impressed with what Joe Burrow did today when they actually let him play. So I think that game's going to be interesting on Thursday night. Odell Beckham Jr. is the one guy that we're going to talk about in the You Blew It portion of this show that I think makes for a really, really, really good trade target this week. Absolutely. A guy with an enormous ceiling. We've seen what he can do. He comes out, he shits the bed against one of the league's best defenses, and week one makes a huge impression on fantasy owners. Yes, it does. Go out there, throw out a few lowball offers, and you know who knows where trade negotiations go. Maybe you end up with Odell Beckham at the end of the week as your wide receiver three. That's a nice look. Absolutely. The next guy, uh, the same game against the Cleveland Browns, Mark Ingram. You blew it! Just 10 attempts for 29 yards. That is just under three fantasy points. And that's heartbreaking because Mark Ingram is another guy who came with relatively decent draft capital. You're dra mostly, most teams are drafting him as their RB2. Um, you know, and, and that's tough. Uh this one is a lot more worrisome for me than Odell. They rotated three guys with Gus Edwards, obviously Mark Ingram, and Jake Dom's got the goal line work, which is ultimately the scariest thing because Mark Ingram has been one of the best goal line backs in the league for years. Um, for him to lose the goal line work, that is cause for concern right off the bat. Against a porous defense, it's definitely my red flag's definitely up on Mark Ingram. Yeah, what I thought was surprising was the fact that uh, Baltimore completely, like I said, they wiped the floor with Cleveland in a 38-6 to blowout. You'd expect them to run the ball more, but just 10 attempts for Mark Ingram, 7 attempts for J.K. Dobbins, and 4 attempts for Gus Edwards. Uh, Gus Edwards only racking up 17 yards. But J.K. Dobbins stole the show, 7 attempts. Again, a lousy 22 yards, nothing to look at, but those ever-so-important goal line carries, 2 touchdowns, all of a sudden, J.K. Dobbins is on everyone's radar, and people are fading Mark Ingram fast. I'll ask you the same thing, but you know this is convenient with you owning these players. Mark Ingram, what's the move next week? I have him personally as a flex player. I think he's a fine, fine flex player, someone who's on a high-powered offense in a game that I think that they win easily again. Now, I would have thought that this game script would have been perfect for him, um, but you can't 
overreact too much right off the bat, but your red flag definitely has to be up. How many more of these games have to happen before we talk about dropping Mark Ingram? I think dropping's way too crazy of a word. Well, right I mean, now, if he goes for 30 yards, five more consecutive. Two more. Yeah. Two more. Two more. I mean, he's the type of player that is a fantasy anchor. He will sink your team fast if you don't figure it out quickly. You now, gotta be not, quick. You gotta be quick to make those adjustments too. You cannot you have to, wait. Or you're gonna you're gonna be in trouble quickly. But I'm more of a guy that just try to find some type of meat on the bone and trade him. Get something out of him. You need one uh, good you game. You need one good game from Mark Ingram next week. You need that game, and then I'm, I would highly recommend trading him at that point because yeah, absolutely it, it appears very clear that Baltimore they're gonna come in with their run heavy attack, but they're gonna do it with a three headed monster of Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, who's pretty good i'm gonna just say it i don't i don't hate gus edwards i think he's a good running back he's pretty good yeah and jk dobbins who is one of the best running backs in this class i think they're gonna split up the workload not to mention not to mention lamar jackson too jake oh for sure for sure they're gonna split up the workload technically four ways if you include lamar jackson and that sucks if mark ingram isn't gonna have the touchdowns on top of that so if he comes out next week and he runs for 50 yards and he has two touchdowns if he puts up you know a stat line like jk dobbins did today I'm looking to move him right away and Quickly. maybe with a maybe with a discount and just yeah. you know take what I can get. If because, you can get 80, 80 cents on the dollar at that yeah. point, take it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Let's move on to tight end. Austin Hooper. You blew it! Folks, we warned you about it all offseason. Don't yes, say did. don't say we didn't warn you. Austin Hooper, three targets, two receptions, 15 yards. How could that be possible? He's the highest paid, the highest paid tight end in the league. Yet, David Njoku, three targets, three receptions, 50 yards, and that touchdown. Cleveland is going to play a ton of 12 personnel. Expect to see both of these tight ends on the field week to week and have no idea who's going to score. Uh, we warned you guys all year, stay away from Austin Hooper. Where he was going to draft, he was that middle-tier tight end that you wanted to stay away from. Uh, you know, if you drafted him, you got to hope, like we just talked about, it could be a ping-pong between him and David, David Njoku. You need to find a game where could it, be, it could be next week. He has a good game against Cincinnati in prime time when everyone's watching. Everyone's watching him. Someone gets stars in their eyes looking at him. You trade him. Yeah, that's when you do it. Yeah, I think that's another scenario where you just pray that Austin Hooper has a good game and then you trade him for the same reason that you're going to trade Mark Ingram is that he's going right. to have to. You don't know what week it's going to be Austin Hooper. Right. Is he going to have and a like week? Like I said, don't underestimate the CEH hype is because every single person that watches football watched him. Yeah, And exactly. every single person was like, oh, my God, he looks so good. Mm-hmm. The primetime bump is a real deal. Thing. Oh, it's so huge. And it was the first football game after this long offseason. That CEH game is going to stick in people's minds for years. When yes. people think of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, it's going to be him running all over the Houston Texans in his rookie debut. Yep, yep, for sure. Uh, all that being said, back to Austin Hooper. Are you starting him next week against Cincinnati if you have him? Yeah, I, I think Cincinnati's at this point, terrible. I think you have to start him against Cincinnati. And like I just said, we, we just talked about, say he goes off and has a good game against Cincinnati, there is your opportunity to trade him because everyone's watching. That's where your opportunity is to find a, a trade partner. I'm at the point where I've seen everything I need to see through week one. It basically confirmed what I thought going into the season was that he's not going to have that crazy target share that he saw in Atlanta. And if you're an Austin Hooper owner, you're playing a streaming game for the rest of the season. you got to cut your losses. 
and accept the fact that you can't play Austin Hooper every single week. If he has a bad matchup, you have to sit him for a Mike Gesicki. You have to sit him for a TJ Hawkinson or a Jonu Smith if the if the matchup's right. It just is what it is, you know? Austin Hooper's a fine tight end. He has a lot of money, but he's on an offense with a lot of targets and a quarterback who has some question marks. Absolutely. Let's move on to we're gonna we're gonna make this a little more positive. What do you think? Because that was way Let's too negative it. for me. We need to pull up the vibe on this Sunday night and go to Man, I'm glad I called that guy. Yes, these are sir. the these are the players you were stoked to have on your team, and they outperformed their projected points by a landslide. Let's start with Mr. Josh Jacobs. A guy who was being consistently taken in the second round this season. A guy you could have paired with Derrick Henry or an Alvin Kamara or a Dalvin Cook as your running back too, and a lot of people did. He came right out in his debut, 25 attempts, 93 yards, and three rushing touchdowns. Even 46 yards through the air. He was projected just 16 fantasy points, yet finished with 34 fantasy points. Uh, there were concerns about his receiving upside coming into this season. There were concerns about what Lynn Bowden would do before he was traded to Miami. And what it all comes down to is Josh Jacobs is the definition of a workhorse running back in the NFL. He doesn't profile that way, but Gruden is not shy about getting this guy the ball. 25 carries is upper echelon running back level. Uh, in his rookie year, Josh Jacobs was one of just four running backs to average over 18 and a half carries per game, along with Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, and Nick Chubb. I mean, I should have been all in on Josh Jacobs from the start. I was a little squeamish, and I was wrong. Josh Jacobs seems like he's going to be a league winner at this point. What do you think? Absolutely, Jake. I think he is. We're going to sit back at the end of the season, and we're going to say he's this year's Dalvin Cook. We're going to say, how did we not know? It seems I mean, so I wanted him everywhere. He, unfortunately, just was not in situations where I had the opportunity to take him. Now, we need to temper expectations because his matchup was very good. Um, but I think he is the next running back after the big six or seven guys. I think he's right after nice. Alvin Kamara. Nice. I like it. I like it. That's the kind of bold takes we need right yeah. after week one. I, mean, I love it. How can you argue with what they gave him the ball everywhere? And you know what? They were talking about all offseason about how him catching the ball was going to come. He did it today. He really did. He had 40 yards receiving somewhat or yeah. somewhere around there. Um, man, he looked awesome. Yeah, love Josh Jacobs. Can't wait to see what he does for the rest of the season. Uh, let's move on to Calvin Ridley. Man, I'm glad I called that guy. Man, are you glad you called that guy? Am I right? Oh, baby, baby. <laughs> if there is a... If, you go know, ahead. Hey, you, one, you, you can leave the show right now if you want to go take your victory lap around the house. Victory laps are tough, but I am going to take one. <laughs> I mean, the dude looked incredible. Yes, he got two late touchdowns, but that's what we've been calling for all offseason. We said they're going to be in negative game scripts. We said they're going to be throwing late. Yes, it was garbage time. But guess what? Garbage time points still count just as much as regular points. But you know what? Calvin Ridley didn't even need those two touchdowns to ball out in this game. 12 targets, 9 receptions, 130 yards. If that was the stat line, you win. Fan, you know, yeah. Fantastic. Congrats on starting Calvin Ridley. But he adds two touchdowns on top of that. He's like Julio Jones minus a few yards but add the touchdowns. Like Julio doesn't score the touchdowns, but he always racks up the yardage. Like I said... He is this year's Chris Godwin. I will say it into existence. 
You planted your flag on the top 10 Calvin Ridley finish. Does this just further justify your take? I mean... Are you going to double I, down on it, or you, you can still pull out of that? No, I'm not going to I'm definitely not pulling out. Any good gambler knows when you're ahead, you keep on moving. Until ah, you, you got to know when to hold them, so they say. Yes. yes, so just keep on rolling with Calvin Ridley. I preached about him all offseason. You know, people weren't high on him, but he's going to be good all year. So if you drafted him... Buckle up. You guys are going to be in for a nice, enjoying ride through the season with Calvin Ridley. Potentially, I've seen him in some spots as your wide receiver three. Yeah. Oh, boy. If you got him as your wide receiver three, you're licking your lips. Do you expect wide receiver one numbers next week against Dallas? At Dallas? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just because? Because he's on your roster? Because <laughs> he's my man. Hey, where I plant my flag, I plant that some bitch with concrete. You oh, know that. nice, nice. I love it. I love it. Uh, let's move on to Chris Carson. Man, I'm glad I called that guy. At Atlanta in the same game. Um, I, I threw this guy on here because, I mean, he, he balled out in, in the sense that he was only projected 14 points, but put up 22 points. But he didn't see so many carries. Six attempts, 21 yards, eh. Six targets, six receptions, 45 yards, okay. But those two touchdowns, I think that's what makes Chris Carson so valuable. As a guy who was being constantly drafted as a fourth to fifth round pick, he was in the discussions, you know, one of those, um, one of the last workhorse running backs that you could get with like the Le'Veon Bells, the Todd Gurley's, the James Connors in, in, in that realm. But even then, people were looking to those guys, and it's like Chris Carson never came up much this offseason. He was yep. very under the radar, but could shape up as a league winner because of that touchdown upside. Uh, I'm, I'm curious how you feel about Chris Carson next week against New England. Uh, New England's going to be a very tough matchup. But if Russ Wilson keeps cooking the way he cooked today, tell you what, Chris Carson's going to be a monster. Russell Wilson looked incredible today. Now, let's temper expectations a little bit because Atlanta is terrible on defense. If they, if he continues to look that good and get down to the red zone for Chris Carson, uh, and obviously they're clearly all in on him. He got a ton of the snap share. So I, I, I really, really like Chris Carson, and he's a guy that you got later that, you know, like you said, could shape up as a league winner. But you had to factor in the defense that they played as well. We're already running a little over on time. Let's move right into our waiver ads. And I want to get started with a guy that we talked about last week as a must start. He was in our stardom portion of the show in our starts and sits. That's Anthony Miller, 56% owned on Yahoo.com. He went out against the Lions and put up four receptions on six targets for 76 yards and a touchdown, just like I told you so. And then after that episode, Donnie went out. And he dropped Anthony Miller, and I cannot wait to see how much he goes for on waivers. Donnie, you want to explain yourself? Uh, I had, uh, well, here's the thing. Oh, hold on, hold on Donnie. To... I'll, I'll explain this for you. You blew it! Yeah, I did blow it. But, well, you look at it like this, Jake. I, in a low-passing offense, I already have Allen Robinson. So it doesn't make sense to keep Anthony Miller unless for trade value. I've had a tr- I had trouble all week figuring out who I was going to start at my QB2 position in our two-quarterback league. If it's one fault I have in fantasy is I add and drop guys way too frequently because you tinker. I, it's what you do. I tinker and I I get in my own head sometimes. But you know Anthony Miller looked great today. As far as a fab budget, Jake, what do you think he would cost to to go for a fab budget range? 
You know, if I needed a receiver, I would be comfortable putting $10 on Anthony Miller. I think that's I think reasonable. that's about right. I think I was going to say 10% of your budget. You know, we play with $100 in our league, and, and most leagues are about $100 uh, fab budget. I think anywhere from 7 to 10 bucks, I think you can comfortably get for him. Yeah, but you always want to be crafty. You know, you don't want to lose to the other guy, so you, you make it $11. Yeah, but then when does it stop? I've done that and I've gotten <laughs> in my own head, and I've gotten like, and now you're oh, now, well, now you're bumping up another dollars. Well, now wait, shit, I'm at twenty. Okay, well, next thing you know, go twenty. Next thing you know, you're bidding fifty dollars for Anthony Miller. <laughs> yeah, you got to limit it at some point. But uh, I think ten percent is reasonable for Anthony Miller. Let's talk a few running backs that are going to be some nice waiver ads this week. And if you're going to get running backs on the waivers, the week two waivers going into week two, that's the time to do it. This is when yeah. we see some guys that we weren't projecting to emerge as guys who could regularly give you fantasy points. Uh, let's start with James Robinson. He, Like Anthony Miller, he's 56% owned on Yahoo, and no one really knew what we were going to get out of this guy. You know, all the discussion after Fournette left the team was all about Zigbo and Chris Thompson. But it looks like this is going to be James Robinson's backfield. He comes out with 16 attempts, 62 yards, and a catch for 28 yards. Just under 10 fantasy points. I mean, it's nothing too flashy, but we're talking about the starting running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, he's gonna... What, what that says to me is solid floor. I don't expect huge games from James Robinson, but if you're counting on someone for a flex, I feel like 10 points is gonna be in the realm of possibility every single week, if not yep. likely. What do you think? I agree, Jake. I think he's a fine flex. Uh, if Minshew played the way he played today, man... Lord have mercy. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Man, they're trying to they're trying to uh they're trying to throw the season. Minshew's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not on my I watch. Love that, man, and that was so cool to watch today. I love watching him play. He is my spirit animal in a quarterback position. Um, let's just let's let's keep it on topic here with Robinson. I think that you know, he's a fine running back. Exactly what you said. Don't expect him to get 25 points, 30 points. That's not gonna happen. But if you need someone that to plug in to play 10 points in your flex spot, I think he's a fine play. Let's move on to the Colts running back situation. And I'm going to need you to help me here, Donnie, because if you don't stop me, this episode might go on for over an hour. I was frustrated beyond belief watching the Colts game today. It was one of my most highly anticipated games. I was looking forward to watching the Colts play against a, a bad Jacksonville Jaguars defense. Because this was going to be the debut of Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan 101 Taylor. After we just heaped on praise from CEH, but I'm not going to get into that with you today. Frank Reich made it clear that he had no intention, zero intention, of getting JT involved in this game. I don't know how much you watched the Colts play today, but they came out with Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack. Naeem Hines. Naeem. And Mack looked good. And he, yeah, sure. I mean, it, it, what do you expect? It's a great offensive line against a shitty defensive line. Yep. And they kept going. Uh, Marlon Mack, Marlon Mack, Naeem Hines, Naeem Hines. And they get into the red zone. And I'm like, okay, well, this is obvious, right? No. They give it to Naeem Hines inside the 10. Are you joking? Frank oh, Reich, man. you should be ashamed of yourself. That was the worst play calling I've seen since Kyle Shanahan in the Super Bowl for the Atlanta Falcons. Absolutely, wow. absolutely despicable. The fact that it took an Achilles injury to Marlon Mack 
for you to get Jonathan Taylor in the game, and then when he finally does, when he takes the ball for his first NFL carry, he goes off for just under 40 yards on one touch. Yeah, are you Jake. are you joking, Frank Reich? Uh, did he blow it, Jake? Frank Reich, you blew it. So listen, Jake. Oh, I'm fired up. I need you to bring me down, deep, Donnie. Take a deep breath. Let's let's look at. Okay, yes, that all happened. But here's what we need to talk about. Marlon Mack is done for the season. But what does that mean? Jonathan Taylor's owned everywhere. Yep. This is our waiver show. We need to talk about what we're doing with Naeem Hines. May, may I give you Danny Woodhead of a couple years ago? Can I counter your Danny Woodhead with James White? Absolutely, man. Could I see his Naeem Hines be a sneaky top 30 running back? Yeah, here's the thing, though, dude. He was sneaky last week. What we saw this week is they want to get him involved in the offense. Yep. And maybe that changes a little going into next week's game plan without Marlon Mack. You know, they're aware of that, and now they know that they have to get Jonathan Taylor involved. Oh, Frank Reich, you're you're forced to get Jonathan Taylor involved, you poor baby. Oh, but my. they're going to still use Naeem Hines. They made it very clear that he's part of the game plan this offseason. And yep. coming out in week one with, you know, seven attempts for 28 yards, that's fine. But then he puts up the eight receptions for 45 yards, a touchdown receiving and a touchdown on the ground. And more importantly, he was the guy they used in the red zone yep. consistently throughout the whole game. I expect that to change. Let's get down to brass tacks. What are we paying to get him off the free agent wire fab-wise? Obviously, are you blowing? If you have the number one priority, are you blowing it on Naeem Hines? No, no. I'm going to wait. I agree. I'm going to wait agree. until a, a bigger opening happens. Like, you know, knock on wood, God forbid, James Conner goes down tomorrow. We're recording this on Sunday night. Um, you know, I want to have that priority for yeah, Benny Snell. I agree. But so fab budget-wise, 12%. Yeah, I think yeah, that's fair. A lot more, a lot more, maybe maybe 15 in PPR. Yeah, for a guy that was going to be, who I think is going to put up the numbers that you'd expect from a James White, who's going to come in as a discount James White, but possibly yeah. outproduce him, if not yeah. likely at this point, outproduce him. Yeah, I, I like Naeem Hines this year. I think he's going to be a weekly flex play, believe it or not. Yeah, and you can't really, it's tough to find just guys that you can plug into the lineup week in and week out, and I think he has that capability. Let's move on to another running back. Who would have thought we'd bring up this guy? Adrian Peterson, cut from the Washington football team. He just won't go away, man. He just will not die. You cannot stop AP. He shows up again in the Detroit lineup to where I expect, sure, he vultures a couple touches here and there. No, no, sir. Adrian Peterson led that backfield in snap share. 37% to Adrian Peterson, 32% to DeAndre Swift, and 31% to Carrion Johnson. Just three attempts for Swift, seven attempts for Carrion, 14 attempts for Adrian Peterson, 93 yards. He saw another 20 yards receiving. If he would have tacked on a touchdown to that, he would have had a killer day. As a yep. Detroit Lion, who would have thought? But Adrian Peterson is 45% owned on Yahoo. And, I mean... I, I really don't know what to say. I, I don't love him, but the thing is, he's going to be practically free. If anyone's putting in a, a waiver bid over $10, that's probably wrong. I wouldn't do that. I was going to say 5 bucks. Yeah, yeah, 5 bucks, 5 to $7 on Adrian Peterson I think is fair. If you're searching for a tight end, I think one guy that needs to be on your radar and probably should have been in the first place is Logan Thomas. We're at the point now where Logan Thomas, his only competition at tight end is Jeremy Sprinkle. Yep. 
Yeah, it's going to be the Logan Thomas show, and he came out in week one and saw eight targets, only caught four balls for 37 yards, but they did find him in the end zone. He put up 11.7 fantasy points, and I think this is just a guy to keep your eye on for those leagues that are a little bit tight and depleted. Like, I'd prefer guys like Jonu Smith and TJ Hawkinson and even Jack Doyle over Logan Thomas. But at that point, if those guys are taken, if this is either a two tight end league or a tight end premium league or a even a 14-team league where you don't have so many tight ends available, I like the idea of putting out a bid on Logan Thomas, who's currently 1% owned on Yahoo.com. Next week, the Washington football team takes on the Arizona Cardinals, an Arizona Cardinals team that gave up the most points to the tight end position by far in 2019. So maybe a smash spot for Logan Thomas next week, but he could have season-long value. Would you be willing to put out a bid on Logan Thomas? If so, how much? No, I'm not putting a bid on Logan Thomas. I think you can get him for free. Uh, just wake up in the morning and pick him up. I don't think he's worth the waste of fab. Uh, people are going to look at that as, you know, hey, you got a touchdown, that's it. Uh, but I think he's worth a pickup. Absolutely, listen, listen. at the end of your bench. If you have Austin Hooper, go yeah. out. Get yourself Logan Thomas. And now you have a guy where you can play the matchups. And if Austin Hooper keeps sucking like he's going to, you can play Logan Thomas in a pinch situation against someone like the Arizona Cardinals because he's going to perform next week. And if he's still on waivers, he's going to cost you even more. Yeah. I'm telling you, if you need a tight end, get, a ha get ahead of the game and get Logan Thomas now for free. Sounds good. Donnie, what do you think about Joshua Kelly? I did not expect this guy to get such a heavy workload in the Chargers' backfield. I mean, there were reports out of camp that this guy was performing well and his season-long outlook looked nice, but I never really expected him to eat so much into what Austin Eckler was doing in the offense. 12 rush attempts for Joshua Kelly, 60 yards and a rushing touchdown. More importantly, yeah, he was getting the goal line work. So if you need a running back, are you more interested in Adrian Peterson, Naeem Hines, or Joshua Kelly? How do you prioritize those three backs? Naeem Hines, Joshua Kelly, Adrian Peterson. In half PPR? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, I think that, you know, Joshua Kelly has upside. And we talk about a guy that always gets hurt in Austin Eckler. Um, say Austin Eckler, knock on wood, you know, if he goes down by chance, I'm not wishing that upon anyone. But if he were to go down, Joshua Kelly slides right into a solid, rock-solid RB2, and he looked really good today. So that's someone that needs to be on your radar. I think he's about 8 to, you know, eight, 5 to 8% of your fab budget worth. All right, that's all we've got for week one. That is it. It is over. Uh, as we record this, we still have the Sunday night game and the Monday night game to go, so keep your eye out for any injuries or any players that emerge in those games. I'm sure there's plenty of fun to come along. Donnie, it's been a blast as always, brother. And I will catch you in a few days. We'll drop another episode on Friday. Sounds good, Jake. Go back and check out D Hall's podcast. That is Near Falls with D Hall. Get it on Apple. Get it on Spotify. Anywhere you get your podcast. Uh, what do you say to that, my friend? Check it out, guys. Wrestling season is almost upon us. So I'm trying to get geared up for it. I've got some really good guests. I got four-time All-American national champ uh, Nico Megaluz coming on very soon. Great, great stuff coming on the wrestling side. Uh, hopefully I'll see you guys there. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will catch you on Friday. Peace out.